With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. talking about his coach, 
And he spoke out about poverty in southeastern Ohio, which, and this is great, has led to some $350,000 or something like that being raised for the nonprofit food pantry there in the three days since the Heisman presentation. So that was pretty awesome. Uh, it's probably even more by now. So way to go, Joe. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, and certainly, uh, you know, I always say Jets power the athlete when doing things the right way. And I don't think Joe even realized what he was doing. He was just reaching out to those folks, and uh, the great people of this country uh, stepped it up and started donating, like you said, and that number is going to continue to rise. And a lot of people are probably going to have, maybe even have Christmas, but have food on their plate for, uh, you know, for the winter, all because of Joe Burrow. Yeah, you watch a lot more college football than I do. What are his uh, prospects as far as being a pro quarterback, Joe Burrow? Uh, uh, the word is from Mel Kuyper that he's a, he's a one or a two pick. He's right at the top of the top of the list, and I guess uh, those Cincinnati Bengals look like they're lined up that that could be their guy. Wow, yeah, I knew he was up there. I didn't know he was that high. That is awesome. Uh, let's talk a little more football, Bill. we got our guest ready to go, I believe. Well, let's do it. Let's welcome Fred Barnett, back to Philly Press Box Radio. Fred, welcome. Hey, guys. What's happening? Hey, Fred. Yeah. What's going on? What's going on? Thanks for having me. Oh, man. It's Chet here and Bill, of course. Uh, You're back with us, Fred, for a fifth consecutive year. Uh, We're talking the Eagles. We appreciate it. And it is extra special this time around because, as we said, it is Cowboys week. And let's get right into it. When you were a rookie, of course, Buddy Ryan was your coach. So I'm sure you learned right away, Fred, how important Eagles-Cowboys games were to the team and to this fan base, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, when when I first got here, you know, I, I didn't actually watch the Eagles as much uh, in college. And uh, uh, I was more of a, a Browns fan. And But when I first got here, all they talked about was beating the Cowboys and and, you know, my six years here, it was really, you know, about beating the Cowboys. Although the NFC East was a, was a tough was a tough conference, uh, you know, with the Giants and the Redskins. But, you know, the Cowboys game was always a special game. It was always a game that, you know, it kind of measured who we were as a Philadelphia Eagle team. Well, Fred, I guess uh... – the Cowboys have kind of always been the measuring stick, and uh, Buddy would have none of that. He wanted to be the measuring stick, and uh, those games got a little, got a little. Uh, what do we want to say? <laughs> uh, what's the right word we want to throw out there? Feisty. How about that? Yeah, they they were a little feisty. Uh, you know, Buddy Buddy always stirred stirred up things. You know, with 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 his face offs against Jimmy Johnson and and the, what I call the cackling back and forth. It, it was to some degree comical, but at the same time, too, it was really about going out and getting the win against, you know, your nemesis. Hey, Fred, you know, I was wondering, I thought maybe the Eagles were going to give you a call a few weeks ago because J.J. Ortega-Whiteside has been pretty much a bust, at least so far, his rookie year. Uh, Matt Collins did yeah. pretty much nothing for several weeks. So I, I thought they might reach out to you. What is going on with the wide receivers this year? They can't stay healthy, and when they are healthy, they can't seem to catch a ball. Ortega Whiteside's had trouble running routes. What the heck's going on there? You know, it, it's hard to say because, you, you know, you feel these guys what, – what, actually, to say it plainly, they are professionals. They, were, they did have success, you know, in college. But at the same time, too, there's still a transition from college to the pros. So uh, it's, it's hard to say exactly what they're dealing with. Uh, in turn, well, we we know injuries. You can, of course, you can't play with injuries, 
But, you know, when you see guys running routes short and when you see drop passes here and there, you know, you kind of question exactly if these guys have the mental or psychological capacities, you know, to be, to be professional football players. Now, you know, of course, uh, Whiteside, has, he's made a few plays here and there, and there were there were a number of actually games where I just kind of, you know, uh, watched him watch him run his route. And, and from what I see, just kind of watching it from a, from a fan, you know, I'm not in the locker room. I'm not, you know, of course, in the meeting rooms. But it just seems that he's not quite on the same page or really understand exactly yep. what Wentz is looking for. And that, that's very important. I mean, if I have a certain route, I could run that, that particular route, you know, three different ways. If a guy's head up, he, if he's outside or if he's inside on me. But I, my quarterback has to know exactly what I'm doing, and you have to be on the same page. There are times when I, I've seen, you know, passes that were thrown behind him when he kept running, and there were passes that were thrown ahead of him when he stopped running. So it's it's really about, you know, a Wentz being on the same page as the as the wide receivers, and it, and that, uh, more importantly, it really takes. Uh, them communicating with each other in practice and setting up different scenarios on on how they're being guarded or, or how they're being uh, uh, matched up on on where the ball is going to be thrown. Well, Fred, I had uh, I listened to some of the game this weekend where I didn't get to see it all, and there was a play where uh, Mike mm-hmm. Wick, who like you knows an awful lot about that position. Um, was commenting that he didn't understand what J.J. was even trying to do. He said, I don't know what route he's running here, and I'm not sure what he's doing, but basically he did nothing. Uh, that's, yeah. that's not yeah. good. Yeah, there was one particular route in which I, I think uh, Dallas Goddard made a one, one-handed one catch mm-hmm. uh, to keep the drive alive, and Whiteside was kind of right there in his way and just kind of bumped into each other. That's That's – that was the kind of route you used. That's that's the kind of stuff you see in high school. Guys just kind of running into each other, and and you just, I mean, you just don't know what's going on. I mean, you know, it could be nerves. It could be, you know, a situation where, you know, it it, it could be pressure. You know, and and speaking of pressure, you know, I I I look at the Dallas Cowboys are having more pressure on them this week than the Eagles, in my opinion. But mm. but back to back to the wide receiver position. It, you know, there there are. You know, it 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 comes down to number one, how smart you are, and 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 number two, having the physical ability to make the play as well. There are a number of guys that were that were drafted after me, and I see guys every day. You know that that or every year rather. You know, come into the league, they're big, they're strong, they're fast, but then it comes down to you know understanding the game. You know, having an IQ for the game and really making sure that you're on the same page as a quarterback, and it just seems that it it is not there. You know, I, I think it's very surprising that, you know, with all the injuries that they they've had, that they're still in position with two games left, even to win the NFC East. And I think really that's a testament to what Dallas Cowboys have not done this year. Mm-hmm. Hey, one more uh, wide receiver I want to ask you about, Greg Ward. He's been a, a practice squad guy most of the last couple of years. He's got a chance to play the last three weeks. Looks like he's got some talent. Yeah. I, I actually heard Sal Palantonio the other day compare Ward to Julian Edelman. He thinks he's got a lot of talent. I don't know if you know that's uh, a stretch, but what have you seen from Greg Ward these last three weeks? He was a quarterback in college. Do you like his potential? Yeah. Oh, of course I like his potential. I mean, he, here's a guy who, who he, for number one, he catches the ball. And number two, he he you know he runs pretty good routes, 
Uh, of course, he had the, uh, a, a great catch against the Redskins, and, and you know this is a game I think this week that's going to be a little at, a little added more pre, a little more pressure added, and, and it'll be interesting to see how he performs this week because you know I'm quite sure that uh, you know the Cowboys defense will have an eye on him because you know he he's the guy who moves the chains at this point, so it's 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 going to be interesting, but I, I think he is a good player. Uh, he catches the ball well, catches with his hands, and he runs. He runs pretty good routes. And here's a guy who who still has a lot to learn. And and based on what he's done thus far, you know, I think there's some potential there. Hey, Fred, when you look at this uh, going into this game, obviously this is for all the marbles. Uh, you're going yeah. in with three wide receivers only uh, again for the third straight week. Uh, is this? Can can you pull this off? I mean, we we don't have Fred Barnett, Jerry Rice, and Randy Moss going out there. Can they actually pull this off with throwing mainly to the tight ends and the and the running backs, and uh, you know, not really mixing in the wide receivers that much? Well, yeah, of course they can pull it off. Uh, uh, yes, I, I think so. And and as I mentioned earlier, I, I can't take away from the fact that Dallas has put themselves in this position. You know, based on the way we played, based on, on, the, on the way the Eagles have played, and based on the the injuries that they've had in the games, of course, that they should have won, that they didn't win, and the games that were close, you know, in having a record as 7-7, seven and seven, you know, you would think that there's no way that the Eagles will be playing for the NFC, you know, East Championship, you know, uh, uh, this week and if they if they went out, of course, beat the Cowboys and went out. And as I mentioned, it, it, it really it really makes me focus on the, their opponents more than anything. In my opinion, the, the Eagles really have nothing to lose. I mean, you got three wide receivers, you know, in the entire game, and you just kind of run it on film, so to speak. But you got a high-powered offense in Dallas, and and in my in my opinion, more pressure on Dallas, uh, and more pressure on their head coach, more pressure on their quarterback, and more pressure on their team. Uh, it, it, it puts you in a good position uh, if I was the Eagles because, I mean, every time Dallas lost this year, all I could, all, all I could hear about was uh, Jerry Jones possibly wanting to fire Gary, you know, and, and it was week after week. Every time they lost, there was, there was this, this talk about if he was going to make a, make a uh, head coaching change. And now, of course, uh, I, I hear today that there's, there's possibly some issues with Dak Prescott's shoulder, Yep. Uh, and of course, you know there there's a situation now where, you know they they they're playing they're playing they're in a position where they have to play out for the championship. When you know when you look back at the losses that they've had against say the Jets, say uh, uh, the Bills, you know and these teams that they really should have beat, you know that those were some mishaps that that you know that could possibly come back to haunt them. Of course, after after Eagles win and now. You know, you got Dak, Dak Prescott that, you know, who's, who's to some degree praying for a contract. So it, here's a situation where everything is on the line. Everything could be on the line for Jason Garrett right now this Sunday. You know, if they lose this game, does, is, is he back next year? You know, if, if the Eagles went out, of course, is he back next year? If, if, if Prescott goes out and have a, you know, uh, a horrible game, you know, does he get that? Three hundred and fifty million dollar contract, or, or does that you know does that number start to dwindle down? So there's a lot of pressure on their end, 
and and I, I almost I almost kind of feel like we have nothing to lose. You know, I, I went down to the uh, Miami game, and it was obvious that they didn't even Miami didn't even care. They had nothing to lose. I mean, that that mm-hmm. it didn't make a difference whether they won or lost, and they were just pulling every you know trick out of the bag, and they and they ended up winning the game. They ended up beating a team that they really should not have beaten, and this could be a situation Sunday where. You know, you go out and you, you know you go out and you you go out and you punch your team in the face that that to some degree has some pressure that they're dealing with, and it, and it could be a wash. I'm not saying that the Eagles, Eagles are going to go out and beat them 45 to zero, but if they keep it tight, if they don't if they don't come out and let their offense let the the Cowboys score 21, you know, in the first in the first half, you know, who knows. So, Fred, you played against the Cowboys as an Eagle, I guess, 10 or 12 times. You were an Eagle for six years, obviously. So uh, I yeah. remember the the game the defense sacked Troy Aikman uh, 11 times. What are your favorite memories of that rivalry from your time as an Eagle? Well, uh, playing in Dallas was, was like the, one of the most exciting times. Of course, beating them is, is great. But playing in Dallas, <laughs> seeing, that, <coughs> excuse me, seeing that fan base and, and just uh, – Walking, walking off the field with, with you know, seeing them with their heads down, I think was, was some of the greatest <laughs> moments. And of course, you know, they, they, they won three Super Bowls while, while I was playing too. And you know, you have to give credit where credit is due. They, they've been a tough team over the years. And if they weren't tough or wasn't irrelevant, you know, we wouldn't be talking about them right now. And you know, I, I, I I'm reluctant to say that they're America's team, but they're a team that you know you kind of get you kind of get your juices flowing to play. Hey Fred, with the uh, I wanted to ask you this before we have to let you go. With the uh, sure. the rules as they are for wide receivers here in 2019, uh, what kind of numbers would Fred Barnett be putting up uh, when he could run around and not be touched and uh, be getting open well, and get know, football? If, if if I was playing right now. Not only will I be playing on the field, I'll also be playing fantasy, and I'll be my number one pick. <laughs> <laughs> but it's you know the, the rules are so interesting, because, and I and you have to understand what what the NFL is trying to do. What I don't understand is the challenging for the the pass interference, which is kind of yeah. crazy to me. You know, you know, kind of you should. I think you should let the referee make a call here. You know, here or there. I mean, in there there are situations where. You know, if if an offensive you know receiver catches a ball, the defense can challenge that there was offensive interference. When you know the the the, the referees are right there, but you know from my perspective, I, I do understand what they're trying to do. I think they just want to make sure they get it right. And I think you know my honest opinion is is for the people who are betting on the game. But I I I. I there, there, there are some rules that you know that are in place, of course, to protect the players. But at the same time, too, it just kind of makes the game a little more technical. Well, Fred, uh, this wasn't against the Cowboys, but one of your many memorable plays as an Eagle happened in your rookie year in Buffalo on a third down play, third and fourteen from your own five yard line. And here's that call, partly from TV, partly from Merrill on radio, that early December day in 1990. Cunningham has to be real careful here not to just put it up for grabs. Turn over here. Not bad for a young quarterback and a, a rookie it, it, wide receiver. Did, did, did you, 
Did you hear how fast he was calling those numbers out? That's how fast <laughs> you were running, right? <laughs> <laughs> of course. That was a very exciting, exciting, very exciting play. And, and, you know, we're talking about almost 30 years later, and we're still talking about it. That's right. That's, that's yes, right. indeed. Hey, Fred, before before we let you go, you're gonna. We know sure. you're going to pick the Eagles. Um, what's the score going to be? Birds? How big the birds going to win this thing? You know, I I I I would say this. I I I'm hoping that it's a close game. If they can keep it close and the defense can come through with a turnover or two, you know, I I would love to see the Eagles win. Uh, uh, twenty three seventeen. Uh, that 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 in my opinion is doable. I think I think from a standpoint of offense, you really have to manage the game, and of course you can't have any turnovers. Yeah. Uh, you got to get first downs. You can't be in any uh, third and long situations, and it's really about keeping your momentum. You know, it's it's it, it, it's it's not giving up big plays, and 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 you know, I hate to say this, but I I don't I don't I don't necessarily see the Eagles making big plays, but I still think they can manage the game uh, well enough to win the game. And, you know, it's a team, in my opinion, that they probably shouldn't be based based on the numbers that they have and, the, you know, the guys that they have. No disrespect mm-hmm. to those guys. But at the same time, too, who cares? Who cares when that ball is, 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 kicked, is kicked off? When that, when that coin is flipped, I don't give a damn who we're playing with. We're playing the Cowboys. Let's go out and win the game. Yes, sir. Uh, hey, Fred, I got one last thing, Fred. In addition to seeing you and sure. Seth in person up in Allentown this past summer, I also saw you guys in an online video thing you did with somebody two months ago. You were talking about football and some other matters, and if I remember correctly, you mentioned that you're working with a CBD company. Am I right about that? Yes. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a startup, and uh, we're actually hoping to have it move from Harrisburg to uh to Philadelphia uh in the next few months. So it's uh you know we 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 we're very excited about it. Uh it's a company that I'm that I'm consulting with and uh you know as you as a lot of us know CBD is really growing uh and and it's not quite made it to the NFL yet, you know, it's it's and CBD is based on how how you uh uh produce it, you know, it, it you can have it with THC which of course gets you high and and you can have it uh Laced just with CBD, so we're we're working just with CBD. Although we do have some some THC uh, uh, products, but we're very excited about it, and uh, we, we we're producing a CBD water, and uh, we we have a few uh, uh, buyers already. So that's it's very exciting. It's 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 kind of the new thing that's happening. I'm glad to be a part of it. All right, very good. Well, Fred, we certainly appreciate you taking the time to stop by and see us. And uh, all right, have a have a merry Christmas for you and the family, and go birds. Same to you guys. Go birds. Thanks, Fred. Always nice to talk to our friend from the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorn, Bar Manager Chris Gaskell. Hello, Chris. Chad, happy holidays. To you as well, Chris. The holidays are a busy time, of course, for everybody, but the last few weeks, I've been recommending that people take a break from all the mayhem and pop into the Irish Rover for a delicious meal or one of your two dozen beers that are always on tap. And you have something coming up on Thursday the 19th. That's a great annual event. Tell us about it. Yes, this is our ugly sweater party. So we like to kind of like cut loose and take a break when it gets close to the holiday season. You come in at 7 o'clock with your ugliest sweater. We have prizes for the ugliest, of course. We have 
some fun Christmas games to play, and Miller Lite is our sponsor. So they have a bunch of Miller Lite ugly sweaters to give away, koozies, all kinds of cool stuff. It's a really good time. That it is, Chris. I'll be sure to grab one of my many ugly sweaters and show up at the Irish Rover Thursday night. It all starts at 7 o'clock. The Irish Rover is on Bellevue Avenue in Langhorne. Check them out on the web at irishroverstationhouse.com. Everybody needs a Christmas sweater. And ugly Christmas sweaters are the best. Hi, football fans. This is Merrill Reese, and you're listening to Bill and Chet on Philly Press Box Radio. It's good. <laughs> well, it is good, but I don't know quite about that music. <laughs> I thought you'd enjoy that song. Well, here's the deal, Bill. You're talking about an ugly sweater, goofy, crazy sweaters. I thought it needed some goofy music to go with it, and I found that on the Internet the other day, and uh, I can't get it out of my well, head now. Well, Jed, Philly Press Box Radio fans want to know. Okay, this okay. is an inquiry for you. Do you buy a new ugly sweater each year, or do you just go into your closet full of ugly sweaters and pick one for this event? I have bought a new ugly sweater for about five years in a row now, so I have a growing collection. I think I have at least six or seven options out there. I will wear one on Thursday night. I'll be uh, doing something on Saturday, and I'll wear another one. And there's a possibility you'll see a picture or two on Facebook. Well, who would be surprised <laughs> at that? Yeah, I know. But Philly Press Box Radio people want to know, and now they do. We appreciate you, you clearing go. that up. Now let's you talk about dressing up. Let's talk about the Phillies unveiling their new uniforms for 2020. Seems many of the Phillies faithful aren't real happy with that Nike swoosh uh, that will be on all MLB uniforms. Uh, we can't seem to escape politics even in our sports life, Jed. Yeah, i got to be perfectly honest, Bill. I saw the headline the other day about the new uniforms. I think you posted something also, but I never got around to reading the story, so I'm not really sure what the deal is with the, the Nike tie-in. I'll let you tell folks about it, including me. What is the deal and why are people upset? Well, there's no, there's no deal. Um, I mean, Nike is the new sponsor, and uh, there's going to be a check mark For over all the, the teams right. or just the Phillies? All, all the teams, all okay. across baseball. And there will be a Nike check, swoosh, whatever you want to call it, on the right breast, basically above the the team writing, uh, in in red if it's Philly or you know whatever color. And they will be on every uniform we're going to see. And I guess the backlash is that uh, you know goes back to Nike and the Kaepernick deal and that whole thing. And the the people aren't happy about it. I've seen many posts of people just saying. Well, that's good for them and all that, but I'll never buy another product with uh, from the Phillies with it on there. So people yeah. are taking a stand on this stuff. Like I say, that's where that's where the politics come in, and uh, right, wrong, or indifferent, people have their opinions, and certainly uh, they're they're able to. People say that now, but trust me, they'll still buy stuff and they'll get used to it. I mean, the basketball did it a few years ago with StubHub or whatever. Just as long as they don't get to the point of like a NASCAR uniform you know that we don't want right well you know what Ted there's a lot of crotchety old people out there and uh, the makeup <laughs> don't, make don't make and, me say don't make me say it <laughs> and you, you know how how they can be sometimes yeah th- those people yes <laughs> yeah yes uh, we'll see how it plays out uh, but there's a it's basically the same uniform just as the Nike check uh, over the 
riding over to Philly's uh, on the top on the right breast, and we'll see them soon. They'll be out there. Yeah, my my words to those people: get over it. Yeah, we'll hear you. All right, hey Chet, did you know 56% of Americans have no idea how much they'll need to retire? That sounds like you. You need to talk to Dave Lavoy from Allstate and Westchester, PA. Yes, sir, Bill. The same person you count on to help protect you can also help you get a reasonable retirement goal, then show you the right financial solutions to help get you there. A good plan and a good life starts with someone you trust. Call Allstate agent Dave Lavoy in Westchester, Pennsylvania, 610-430-0700, and start planning for your retirement today. The number again, 610-430-0700. And, Bill, I hope you've been a good boy this you year. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Why? Santa Claus is coming to town. Gather round. <laughs> yes, he is. Great time of the year, Jet. Can't, uh, can't, can't have anything but a good time. But have you been a good boy, Bill? No, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> okay. Absolutely, I have. All right. Say no more. All right. Hey, we mentioned in the opening the Flyers have been hit hard with their injury bug. And, of course, the announcement of Oscar Lindblom that we hit on earlier, uh, that him being sick, a, a suspension on top of it. You know, and, and I have to say first, our thoughts are certainly with Oscar and his family. And But the result, an 0-3 road trip and a drop from third to fifth in the Metropolitan the week. And of course, they bounced back last night with a great effort from Carter Hart to pick up a Badly needed 4-1 win. Yeah, well, first of all, I was really taken aback by the Lindblom news late last week. Just a shame. A great 23-year-old young man who was not only having a very good season, tied for the team-leading goals, but by all accounts, a super young gentleman. Great to see so many other players and teams around the league sending their good wishes. And, of course, the Flyers handling it real well with a lot of class in the team's first home game since the news broke. As you said, we wish Oscar the best. And, yes, a win Tuesday night that was badly needed. Carter Hart, again, terrific. 40 saves. Claude Giroux and Jake Voracek both scoring, along with uh, a newcomer making his home debut, David Kasha. Yeah, down to fifth place in the division, but still an Eastern Conference wild card team as we speak, Bill. So, you know, they're really good at home. I think Hart is something like 9-1-2 and two at home. He's been great at the Wells Fargo Center. Uh, on the road, the team's a little uh, iffy. They had that tough trip there. They had another tough one about a month ago. So, Got to play better in both places. Yeah, and Konechny uh, will be back, and that's good. Uh, but, you know, it's nothing like a, having a losing streak, Chad, and your captain comes out and scores a goal in the first 50 seconds of the game, puts you up front at home, big goal by Claude Giroux right there. Yeah, and great to have Konechny back. He assisted on that one. And uh, Voracek with a goal. He's, you know, been up and down, more down than up this year, so good to see him getting the scoring column as well. Uh, I still like this team, and I think they're going to be on the bubble much of the year. Like I said, they are right now one of the two Eastern Conference wildcard teams. I think they're going to be there much of the year and hopefully, uh, you know, improve their standing a little bit and uh, get these little bad streaks out of the way and get some guys healthy again, too, because, uh, you know, you got Farabee on suspension. you got a couple of guys hurt, Raffle and some other guys, and who knows what's going on with, God, the guy's with the migraine. His Nolan name Patrick. Patrick. Nolan, Nolan Patrick. Patrick. Yeah, we don't know if he's ever going to get back, so hopefully he'll be okay at some point. Yeah. Well, they certainly need him as well. This is a, this is a, certainly a challenging part of the season. Uh, they're having to put some things together here that, you know, they're flying guys into Winnipeg, and uh, 
that have never played in the show before. And, you know, if they can get through this and hold hold their ground, they, if they can get healthy, they've got a good club, and I think good enough to be better than a bubble team. But, geez, they've been hit really, really hard. Yeah. Um, let's hope they get it together. Still a lot of time left in the season, yet well more than half of the season. So a lot of time for these young guys to get uh, more experience and for the guys who are out injured, other than Lindblom, of course, to get healthy. So keep the faith, Bill. Oh, you know it. You know it. Hey, you want to talk Sixers tonight, Chet? Why not? Love talking Sixers. All right. Well, we're going we're gonna to have our man Fred Hugo join us for this discussion. Uh, we'll, we'll get with Fred at that fantasy football lead in music a little later. We can't miss that since it's uh, playoff time in fantasy football or finals week. But let's welcome Fred back and let's talk some Sixers. Hey, Fred. Trust the process, baby. Trust the process. <laughs> I thought that I mean, process was gone. <laughs> There's always a process. <laughs> I remember to turn your uh, little microphone button on this week, Fred, so good to hear you. Yeah, the Sixers are still undefeated at home. A couple of tough opponents coming up. Uh, Jimmy Butler in the heat tonight. Uh, the Mavericks, I believe, on Friday. Are they going to stay undefeated? What do you see or what do you like about this team, Fred? I like that they seem to be gelling, and they're they're still tinkering around with lineups. They're, you know, statistically, I know they had a bad game against the Nets the other night, but with Embiid off the floor statistically-wise, they're scoring more. They're, they're able to have a plus, like, net rating, you know what I mean, where the last previous seasons when Embiid was off the floor, it was drastically bad with, with him not on the floor. So they're able to, to – which, which is good because in the playoffs, when he sits down, we can't, <laughs> can't lose 20 points because he's on the bench like we did against the Raptors every game, you know. So it's, it's early, and I, I think they're trying to find and, – and us as fans, too, got to realize there's a difference between, you know, regular season ball and playoff ball. And, and, and I don't know why it's this way. And even the way the refs call the game, it's different. So, you know, they're, they're working that out is, is, is how I'm looking at it. Yep. Well, Fred, I have to ask you, is it, you know, Embiid all of a sudden gets sick, and I guess that certainly happens. But um, you think this is just another way around the fact that it was a load management game? And, you know, every time they're going to do a load management game, like you said, they can't lose by 20. Um, I, I actually do, I don't know if he was sick or not. Maybe he was, but he, he's against the load management. And he said that again, and I've read more comments, and he's like, when they want to hold me out, I'm confident Horford's here and we can still win. He's not saying when I want to rest. He's, he's, he's verbally saying that. So I, I don't know. Uh, maybe he was sick, but, yeah, you, you can't have games like that. So I, I don't know how they worked that out because more now you're seeing players speak out against the load management. Even LeBron James is saying, hey, if, if I'm healthy, I'm going to play. I don't see any reason why I shouldn't play. You know what I mean? So I – I don't, I don't know, but yeah, you're st- outside of that Nets game. You know, when he's when he's been out, they've they've been fine. They've been right there. I think their their net reading is like a plus five. You know, with him off the floor, so um, that's where in years past it would be like minus ten, minus twelve. You know what I mean? So uh, it's it's definitely been better. So Fred, with Jimmy Butler in town tonight, let me ask you this: Did the Sixers do the right thing in letting him go? letting uh, Reddick go also, not giving him the money he wanted, I guess, and trading for Josh Richardson and bringing in Horford. In retrospect, did they do the right thing there? 
I don't know. That's just you don't know what went on in that locker room because apparently something <laughs> went on that we don't know about. Right now, it looks like they did the right thing because Tobias Harris is playing like a max player. He's scoring. Yeah. He's driving to the basket. He's not taking 15 threes and, and not, you know, trying. He's, he's, he's playing like a player. So, right now it looks good, and I would say they made the right move so far. But, I mean, time will tell. Jimmy Butler's proven in this league to be a, a superstar year in and year out. Tobias Harris has not. So, if, if Tobias keeps playing the way he, he is, which looks like an all-star, then, then, yeah, it would be the right move. Well, Fred, you're talking about Josh Richardson. He's hitting 37% of his three-pointers, which is pretty close to high on the team that has actually taken many shots. Um, Is he adequate for J.J. Redick? Uh, Certainly he's got the youth on Redick. Is he going to be able to pump it up when we need it down the stretch? I think he – He's not going to be – he's certainly not going to shoot at the clip that J.J. Redick has, you know, and, and be able to just be a sharpshooter. But on the other other side of the coin is the defense. You know, when J.J. Redick was on the floor, teams would literally set their offense around, let's swing this ball around. Boston Celtics were great at it as many times as we can until we get in a position where A.J.'s out of position and just attack the rim or take the open three. So I think – Come playoff time, that's more of a benefit than being able to score. Now, if Richardson is shooting like 19%, it's a problem. But if he's at, you know, like you said, 35, 37, but he's playing defense at the other end, I think that that's an upgrade. Well, another guy who does both, plays great defense, and has become a good shooter over the last several weeks is Matisse Thibel. I know you like what you're seeing out of the rookie. Oh, my gosh. How <laughs> He is what all these, like, Robert Covington people think Robert Covington was. This is what what it is. Like, the 3-and-D player, he, he can man up. He gets beat off the dribble sometimes. I just watched him just break away and put a dunk in right there. But he's all over the floor. He just has to – he's a rookie. And I think early on he, he just – he was taking a lot of shot, bad shots where he's learning, like, what's a good shot, what's not a bad – like, what's a bad shot. I have stars on this team. And he, he's fitting in nice. I'm, I'm so excited about him. Well, Fred, Joe, Joe um, back to Joel Embiid and, and the Shaq and Barkley comments. And we talked about this, Chet and I did it for a few minutes last week. And, you know, I, I took it as much as uh, they weren't really getting on to him quite as much as maybe they were questioning his effort every night. He seems to uh, – he came out of the shoot fired up. And maybe it's actually a good thing that they had that conversation. And uh, – will fire up and beat up and get him playing at even another level. I agree. I think it's a great thing, and I think he, he obviously listened to them. And um, and I think maybe sometimes he's trying to figure out his spot on the team. Like, he knows he's the star, but then he doesn't want to overstep his bounds because you have other teammates where I think Shaq probably got in his ear and was like, yo, get yours, you get yours. Like, that's how it goes. Me and Kobe, we battled each other, but we got ours, you know. But it does – make me question you know you, you've been with a team for however long he's been here and you see the continuous struggles with Ben Simmons not struggles with Ben Simmons because that's the wrong word but ink like it looks like inconsistencies as far as not not doing what we're expecting not taking the attempts and it just makes me wonder why does it take Shaquille O'Neal and Charles Barkley on national tv to say something for us to all of a sudden focus on Embiid in the block and have him drop 38 points in Boston against the Boston Celtics. Like, that shouldn't take 
them to do that. That should be. I don't. I don't know if it's Brett Brown. I don't know who it would be. It. Sh- it should be. That should be a focus, regardless. So I, that's my only question with that. Well, All right. Two Hall of Famers calling you out. We'll do it. Yeah. It did it. We'll take it. All right. Go Sixers and. It is, and I have made it to the finals. <laughs> All right. Oh, In my right. one lead. One out of my three. So Go ahead. Lay it on us. Who you got? Well, let, me, let, me ask, let me ask you one question, Fred. One, one question as we go into this, Fred. Um, if you have Amari Cooper, and this ties into the Eagles-Cowboys thing, is he going to put up big numbers this week? Would you, you know, be using him if he's on your team because uh, he's going up against that Eagles secondary? It depends on my roster, obviously, but yes, I would. And um, and th- there's no question you you have to. Yep. <laughs> the Eagles secondaries had had two good yep. games this year, and it was <laughs> against Russell Wilson, who was throwing the ball all over the place, and then uh, you know the Patriots, who don't have receivers. So you have to. <laughs> I'm with you. Go ahead. All right. If Frank, you want to win. I don't have a huge huge thing like the other weeks because, I mean, if you're the championship, your roster is pretty much what it is. So my advice would be don't get cute. Don't go looking to pick someone up on the waiver wire and, and start someone because of the matchup. Go with the star players that you have and, and, and the ones that have gotten you there because I've done that many a times. I've, I've gotten cute. And I put a guy on a bench, and he'll drop 35 points. You're like, why did I do that? Just because he's facing the number five day in the league. I will say, though, as far as picking guys up, Dalvin Cook is injured, and so is Alexander Matson. So if, if you were riding Dalvin Cook all year, um, Mike Boone is definitely a guy on the waiver wire that you should try to pick up and, and replace right in there, unless you had an adequate backup. But Mike Boone is one guy that's definitely startable for this week. Gotcha. Hey, I, I want to throw a name at you guys while we have one second. Tell me what the name Cooper Rush means to either one of you. Back up I know Dallas Cowboy quarterback. <laughs> Back up Dallas Cowboy starter? quarterback. I hope we see him. <laughs> I hope we see him, too. Is that, uh, what, do you, what do you guys think about that before we get talking to get to our picks? Uh, what, well, what do I you hope- think about Dak Prescott being possibly out or beat up? You hate to see a guy injured, but, you know, if also if you're a defender and you know a guy's got a bum shoulder and a hand that's bothering him, you're going to go after it. And so I'm okay with that. And, yeah, I would love to see Cooper Rush in, say, the second quarter because, hey, it helps the Eagles' chances. So, yeah, if you know a guy's got something bothering him physically, you're going to go after it. That's just the nature of the game. So go for it. All right. I don't think there's any shot that Dak Prescott doesn't play. He injured that oh, in the no. game last week and kept playing. You know what I mean? So I don't. I don't. Depending on a, if we get to him, I I don't think we're going to see Cooper Rush. But we are. We may see some interceptions. I hope. Hmm. Okay, we'll get to that. Let's make our NFC picks, and we got a couple others thrown in here. Chet, uh, what are the standings? We're getting down to the end of it ourselves. You might not want to hear these results, Bill. Uh, last week, Uh-oh. Fred did. Fred did well, going three and two. I did mediocre. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Fred was three and one last week. Three and one. We only picked four games. I did mediocre at two and two. You, Bill, were one and three last weekend. So, Fred, yeah. 
Fred has now taken, you can look it up, Fred has now taken over first place at 40 and 24. Uh, Fred is two games up on Bill and four games ahead of me. I'm pretty much out of it with only two weeks left. So uh, I don't know, Bill. You're, you're choking down the stretch here. How did that happen? I'm going to have to look back at those picks. Look All it right. up. I don't Let's have it here, going. but trust me. All right. We got the Giants Cal- and Cowboys the and Bills. You went the other way on both. All right. Giants, Redskins. Redskins minus two and a half. We have the Packers at the Vikings on Monday Night Football. Vikings minus four and a half. Our bonus game is from the AFC on Saturday. The Bills visit the Patriots. Patriots minus six and a half. And then, of course, Cowboys come to Lincoln Financial Field with all the chips on the line. Against the Eagles, the Cowboys are minus two and a half. So, Fred, Giants, Redskins, Redskins minus two and a half. Yuck. Can I take a tie? (laughs) 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 Um, I'm high at the Eagles. Secondary make Haskins look like a good quarterback last week. I, I guess the Giants aren't that much better. I don't even know. I'm just gonna. I'll take the Giants here on the road, just just cause. I don't know. Wow. <laughs> well, neither team is good, obviously, but I think Washington has played a little better in recent weeks, and they are home. Not that that means anything, because they'll probably have the place half full. Because I don't think Giants fans are going down there, because their team stinks too. So. A lot of empty seats down there, but I'm going to take the Redskins to win at home. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take the Giants. I think they're going to rally Ooh. around Eli Manning again. And, uh, you know, I think they'll win against a bad Redskins team. But the Giants I'm picking play. up a game. Picking up a game. All right. All right. Packers at the Vikings Monday night football. Vikings minus four and a half. As you mentioned, Fred Dalvin Cook is out. Yes, he is out, and so is the, the, the backup, who was pretty good. So, But I'm going to go with the Vikings here. I've I like them. I think they're a good balanced team. Um, as long as they don't put it all on cousin shoulders, I think they can beat the Packers. I'm going to take the Vikings. I hadn't done my research. I didn't know Cook was out, but I wrote down Minnesota. I'll stick with it. Vikings to win. Well, i got to get a game somewhere, and I have the Vikings to win also, but I'm going to go Packers just because I have to here because i got to pick up a game. So I'll take the oh. Packers on the road. Aaron Rodgers, Monday Night Football. Bonus last game, year. AFC, Bills, Patriots, Patriots minus six and a half. A lot of points. That is a lot of Red. points for that for those two. And who's who's at home? New England. Patriots. I really like the Bills this year, man, but I'm, I'm not going to go against the Patriots, I, I think, especially at home. I'm going to take the Pats here. That, that's a pretty high spread, too. Now, Buffalo played them tough the first time around. I still am not convinced that the Patriots are that great anymore. Tom Brady is showing signs of wear and tear, finally, at 42. I am taking Buffalo to not only cover, but to win that game. Well, I, I really like the Bills, too, but I'm not going to go the Patriots at home. I'm going to have to go Patriots. Okay. All right. Cowboys, Eagles, Cowboys minus two and a half. What you say, Fred? I say, and you agree. I know you agree with it, Bill, because you already posted about it. <laughs> I say stop the run, and the Eagles can win. I think this will be a little high scoring. Our offense is going to have to keep up, too. I don't know. I've been back and forth on this, trying not to be a homer. But I really do think it can go either way because both teams are up and down. And if it's going to go either way, I'm going to pick my squad. I'm going to take the Eagles 27-24, and I will be there as well. Nice. All right. I apologize to our listeners, but – 
I went against the Cowboys last week, even though my head told me they were going to win that game, and I picked the Rams, cost me a game. I'm just feeling Dallas is going to win this one this week. I have the Cowboys winning again. I hope I'm wrong. I have Dallas 31 to 23. 31. Wow. Yep. Well, uh, as Fred said, I, I'm all about stopping Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, the thing, the little bit of the game that I did see on Monday night, when Sean Lee is good, that defense is good. That yep. worries me just a little bit. Um, and the fact that the Eagles have no wide receivers and no linebackers, that's not good. But <laughs> I would not pick the Cowboys against the Eagles if it was my last breath on earth. So <laughs> I'm going to go 24 20 birds at home. All right. And I, I hope you, I'm Fred, wrong. It can, certainly go, it can certainly go the other way. Feel free to uh, have me wrong and eliminate me from contention. I hope it happens. So uh, go Eagles, but I picked the Cowboys. Sorry. All right. <laughs> well, Fred, uh, thanks for joining us. Let the people know, the listeners know where they can follow you. you got a lot going on, and uh, run it out there. Follow me on Facebook, Fred Hugo. Uh, Twitter and Instagram at Fred Hugo underscore, and then every uh, Wednesday night at 9:30, you just check my Facebook or Edge of Philly's Facebook. We do a, a live show that that's pretty cool to watch. That that's mostly what I do. So, yep, I appreciate it. All right, my man. We'll see you next week. Thanks, Fred. All right, go Birds. All right, you got it. Have fun at the game. Stay warm. Hey, yes, Jeff, Bill. let's give a shout-out to the PPCC 118 Raz Room. They post great sports memorabilia on their Facebook page so people can take a chance of winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. They continue to run out great autograph memorabilia from all the Philly teams and more. There are only 21 lines available, so your chances of winning are 1 in 21. Pretty good odds. Check out their Facebook page. Like it or follow it. It's PPCC. 118 Raz Room. That's right. PPCC 118 Raz Room on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Mr. Chesco. Yeah. We have a schedule change for the holidays. So we're going to go Thursday, December 26th, and Thursday, January 2nd, both at 7 p.m., right? And with that, mm-hmm. uh, who's coming to Philly Press Box Radio next week? I think I know already because it's that time of the year. I think you're wrong. I think you're going to be a week early with your guests, with whom you're thinking anyway. So here's the deal. Uh-oh. Next week, Thursday the 26th, we will, we will actually be joined by one of our frequent guests. Haven't talked to him since last August. We will talk Eagles and Sixers with Bucks County Courier Times columnist Tom Moore. So Tom Moore is going to join us. Next week. Okay. Yeah. And, Bill, okay. before we proceed, I need to squeeze this in right now because today is birthday number 76 for a guy who doesn't look a day over 100, the amazing Keith Richards. <laughs> you know, Chester, He's going to outlive all of, of us. Like, there's a whole bunch of guys like Keith Richards that make you think that drugs aren't a bad thing. Exactly. I mean, yeah, he's 76. <laughs> he's, he's looked better, you know, when he was younger, but he's still going, still playing, probably still Living partying. Living a long, prosperous life somehow. <laughs> Yes, sir. <laughs> Carry on, All Bill. right. Okay. Well, he said Army-Navy game was a spectacle once again. Certainly a great show. Representation of City of Philadelphia was top-notch. Uh, we're going to make arrangements somehow to get there next year. Mark <laughs> it down. All right. I did see some of the pageantry. It was very cool. Some of the game also. 
I'll tell you, Navy's Malcolm Perry was pretty impressive, certainly. 300 and some yards rushing, that's amazing. Uh, it was nice to see uh, their version of the Philly special, too, the Navy special, as some have called it. Uh, that was cool. Congrats to the midshipmen. Yep, good game. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's just always something. And uh, I've been telling you since we've been doing this for five or five and a half years that it's something you need to do. We're going to make it happen, my friend. Hey, speaking of making uh, it happen, we've got to sell some shirts. Okay, we've sold a few. We need to sell more. And you've got to have some of these right now because it's the Christmas season coming up. And, you know, if you're a Philly sports fan, you probably have people in your family who are Philly sports fans. If you let us know, you know, right away, tonight, tomorrow, uh, sometime between now and Friday the 19th or 20th, whatever Friday is, the 20th, I'll run to the post office and get your shirt in the mail, and hopefully you'll get it next week on Christmas Eve. Here's the deal. We have shirts that are available in sizes medium through 3XL, our Philly Press Box Radio green logo shirts. You can get them regular shirts for $10 or dry fit material for $12. That's $5 off the price that we had been charging since last spring. Add another 2 bucks if you need 2XL or 3XL. Uh, if you need them shipped, uh, $7 for one uh, to be shipped $10 if you're ordering two. These are really cool. They have the green Philly Press Box Radio logo on the front, and you can choose from green, gray, or black background. Please specify whether you want the regular material or the dry fit. And we have some red logo shirts still available also. Just let us know. Message us if you're friends with us on Facebook. Uh, you can also go through our website, phillypressboxradio.com. Contact us there, get yourself a Philly Press Box radio shirt. You'll be glad you did. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Hey, Chip, before we get to our parting shots, uh, the Eagles had five players make the Pro Bowl. You didn't seem too thrilled with those uh, selections this year. Well, Brandon Brooks deserved it. Zach Ertz deserved it. Who knows about the long snacker, snapper, uh, Rick Lovato? Does anybody really pay attention to the long snapper? I guess somebody does who votes, but I don't know. The other guys got there on reputation, let's face facts. Uh, Peters, or I'm sorry, Kelsey. Jason Kelsey was okay this year, but he had some trouble snapping occasionally. He occasionally, you know, blocked well, but I don't think he had a Pro Bowl year. And who the heck was the other guy? Oh, Fletcher Cox. Fletcher Cox was mediocre at best most of the season, certainly not Pro Bowl worthy. So there, that's my uh, two cents. Mediocre. And Lane Johnson, I thought, Lane Johnson might have had consideration because I thought he had a good year when he was in there and healthy, but I think they took three left tackles and no actual right tackles. So Lane Johnson has a beef there. Mm. Mediocre for Fletcher Cox. That's kind of like pedestrian for Reese Hoskins. But It's you know kind of I mean? like that. But you watch the games. He was mediocre much of the season. Well, the difference in with, with Cox, though, is he gets double teamed a lot. They scheme around him. They do some different things to, to make it difficult for him to dominate games. Yeah, and he is didn't. Stuff that we don't normally see with our, your regular eyes, you know what I mean, without right. looking back right. at it a little bit. Right. But if you're a big superstar, you're going to overcome that, and he did not this year, unlike uh, last year. So that, that's I love Fletcher Cox, but I don't think he had a great year. All right. Mediocre. Write it down. All right, Mr. Chesco, <laughs> party shot for you tonight. Uh, just a few odds and ends, though. First thing, not at all sports-related, but I was a huge fan of The Clash, and it was 40 years ago this past weekend that their landmark double album, London Calling, was released. One of my all-time favorite albums, just throwing that in there. 
Uh, Bill, Stan Hockman has been dead four and a half years now, but the great Philly sports columnist has a new book out this week, thanks to his wife, Gloria, who has put a hundred of Stan's best columns in one book, with additional commentary by several other well-known Philly sports figures like Gary Maddox, Bernie Perrant, and our pal Ray Dinger. I may have to pick that one up. Stan Hockman yeah, was one of my good. favorites. That sounds like a good Glad one. I, yeah. I got to meet him seven years ago, and a uh, nice guy, and I, I just loved watching him when he was on TV and reading his columns all the time. And next week, Bill, is Christmas as well as the start of Hanukkah, so happy holidays to all. Absolutely. And uh, on, on the Stan Hockman thing, you know, Chad, I, I met him and used to talk to him twice a week on Wednesdays and Saturdays and sometimes Fridays when I was working at the Palestra. Really? Him and Bob Vitrone and, and that bunch, that was their heyday. And they were all working down in Press Row, and uh, and I worked there and uh, always got to talk with those guys, all great guys. All, they were all young, obviously, but yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. That Anything is awesome. else hey, before we shut it down tonight, my friend? Well, because because we have two minutes, we can always mention something about Kate Beckinsale. I happen to have some audio of her from a couple of weeks ago on some TV show. Oh, I forget what it was. Yeah, this is Kate Beckinsale recalling her very first kiss as a teenager. Come on, Kate. I was at a party, and I was a really militant vegetarian at the time, and he'd just eaten, like, a meat lover's pizza. So right. Massive trauma. And also, I thought kissing was more of, like, a sort of dry experience. And as it was happening, I realized, oh, there's all that kind of wetty activity inside the other person's yes. mouth with lots of bits of sausages in as well. <laughs> so I called my mom. I said, I need to go home now. I've had a horrible experience with some meat. She had a horrible experience with some meat, Bill. You, you know, Fred, Fred, Chet, that's why I have to fill every minute of this agenda, because I just never know where you're going. Well, see, that, and this is why we need to leave, like, three minutes at the end of every agenda, so we can mention Kate Beckinsale, and I can play some audio, because not only is she the world's most beautiful woman, yeah, I've said that, other than my wife, of course, uh, Kate Beckinsale, the world's most beautiful woman, she's also got an amazing sense of humor, and there's always great little audio clips like that whenever she appears on TV, so we need to leave uh, a minute or two every week for a Kate Beckinsale moment. All right, and with that, we've reached the top of the hour. I'm not giving you another 30 seconds. Wrap Let's it up, Bill. Tonight's special guest, Fred Barnett and Fred Hugo. Our sponsors, the Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com, PPCC 118 Raz Room, and Dave Lavoie of Allstate Insurance in Westchester for their continued support of the show. For Jim Chachesco, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'll join Philly Press Box Radio Thursday, December 26th at 7 p.m. You can listen to our website, phillypressboxradio.com, on blogtalkradio.com, slash phillypressboxradio, or you can find us on pod, our podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, Spotify, and others. Merry Christmas and high hopes, Philadelphia sports fans, and go birds. It's the most wonderful time of the Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. 
I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.